0: Welcome back to the In-Depth MMA Podcast. This is episode 27. We made it 27 long episodes, Sully. What do you want to talk about first?
1: Man, I actually saw something pretty interesting I said. Um, I actually, well, first I found it kind of funny, but then I thought about it because, you know, it's not funny at all when you think about fighters' mental health. But Korean Zombie said that he hit rock bottom and gained 40 pounds after his loss to Brian Ortega which was, to me, just mind-blowing. Um, Whoa. Yeah, um, I've heard of this happening. You know, there's people like uh, Ricky Hatton, former boxer. Um, they used to call him Ricky Fatten because after every single one of his fights, he would blow up in weight, et cetera, et cetera. But also, within this little interview you had, he had this built-in excuse where he said that he only slept um, for, I think, for one and a half hours Uh, for for two days prior to the bout against Ortega. Um, I think it's like the mental side of the fight game is not something that's touched on or elaborated on enough by fighters or even by MMA media. And um, for Korean Zombie, he's probably looking at everything that Ortega has gained after that win. And he probably looks at it as that that's stuff that he could have got himself, that he was supposed to get himself. So I'm... I'm not surprised that it weighed on him like that, but 40 pounds is a lot, man. That really is a lot. And I'm glad that he took the loss hard because both of us predicted him to win. And I was surprised that he didn't win. I was surprised take a looked so well. The striking was fan, um, fantastic from him, but I'm glad to know he lost most of the weight, but it's just so crazy that that can happen to somebody, you know, in such a short period of time too. Also,
0: I know that is crazy, man. Yep. I mean, these, some of these guys take the losses harder than others. I mean, look at Ronda Rousey. She never talked to the MMA media again. Look at Dan Hooker taking off his gloves at UFC 257. But, man, I, I, the reason I was looking at my phone after you first said that is I was looking to see if I could go find a picture of him. Um, we, don't, we don't know if it was, you know, after a loss, but do you remember when Johnny Hendricks was, like, blowing up to, like, 230, gaining yeah. 60 pounds in between fights? Yep. That was insanity. But
1: and that wasn't a law. He just couldn't keep that uh, them burgers out that mouth. <laughs> you know, I think one interview I saw him, he said he was the big boy. You know, he likes to eat. And He but was 100 percent right about that.
0: That does got to suck. The seeing Brian Ortega move on to a total shot when it could have been him. Yeah.
1: And I bring it up because it seems like such a small thing. But, you know, after the sport moves on so fast. And usually sometimes when these guys lose and you don't hear about them for a while, no one ever thinks of uh, what they're going on through or what's going on in their personal life. And that had to be a devastating uh, loss by him. You know, when you think about all the time that he lost doing uh, the volunteer service for his country um, and stuff like that, maybe you just felt like he was on the cusp of a title shot. And then because of that loss, it set him back big time. You know, he's still a highly ranked fighter, fan favorite, but um. I was just crazy to me that he took it that hard, especially how well he took mentally because of how well he took that um, losing that those years of service to join the military and stuff. He took that very well, and I was surprised to know that this loss would have such an effect on him.
0: Let me ask you this: Who would you want to see him return against?
1: I have no idea. You know, I, I leave the matchmaking to you, um, so I do not know.
0: I'm looking at this, and I don't know who I'd want to see him fight right now. Oh. I um, don't. First it's hard. It's, yeah it's hard it's would be hard you know because i want to see yair versa beat brian ortega's fighting volkanovsky max holloway's in line for a title shot and then next up is chan sung jung and then calvin cater calvin cater just had a fight he's going to be off for a while uh maybe a jeremy stevens fight i don't know so i don't know who would, he would match up with next but um no matter what, man, I'm always interested in seeing Korean zombie fight. That's Me a too fight that I always am looking forward to seeing. hmm so.
1: so this is a twofold one because I have a couple of things I actually wanted to talk about here. One, um, the you know, bloody elder alluded to the fact that potentially Rory McDonald wanted to come back to the UFC potentially in the future. That's not really what I wanted to talk about. I actually found a comment in the comment section that um you know, I'll send you the link. Maybe we'll be able to edit it into the video that I thought was actually very um, astute, very it was compelling to say the least. Right. So it says this and I'm just going to read it. Tim Q.W.E. I don't know how to pronounce that, but I want to give you your credit here because this is a great comment. It said Rory is a reminder that you really shouldn't get into this sport too young. He peaked too early and was in was in what should have been his uh, best physical years was a shell of his former self. I really wish the UFC would install a minimum age of somewhere like 24. That I disagree with, but we'll get to that in a second. For comparison, Rory, age of MMA debut, age of UFC debut, and age of first UFC title fight, 16, 20, 24. All current champions, MMA age debut, uh, age of UFC debut, and age of first championship title fight. Deverson Figueroa, 24, 29, 32. Yan, 19, 25, 27. Volskanowski, 21, 28, 31. Khabib, 20, 23, 30. Usman, 25, 28, 31. Israel Alessanya, 22, 28, 30. Blahovic 24, 31, 37. And Milchich, 27, 29, 33. He says there are exceptions, of course, notably Holloway, 18, 20, 25, Jones, 20, 21, 23, Cody Garbrandt, 20, 23, 25. But genuinely, a fighter won't become champion uh, before age 27. Um, let me just finish since it's almost done. Most champions win the title three to four years after major organization debut, assuming a fighter's prime is from 27 to 33, you really shouldn't fight in the UFC before 23. I'd argue you should debut later than that since you'll need at least a prime year, if not multiple to fight top contenders. I thought this com- um, this comment was really compelling. Tons to unpack here. Um, First thing I want to comment, you know, the Cody Garbrand one for him and his, uh the exception, you know, we've actually kind of seen where he's trended right now. You know, it, People are still high on Garbrandt, but there is that question mark of the damage that he's taken, and we have to wonder where his career is going to go. I'm still high on him, but there is that question mark. Um, John Jones and Max Holloway; those are the exceptions, not the rules. Both high level fighters, fantastic. So it didn't matter what age they started at. But the argument is there. I'm not for. I'm not. I'm not saying a minimum age should be installed. I'm not for that. But I do believe that what this comment did touch on correctly is that if you start too early you may peak too early either that or you may receive a lot of damage way too early and that can change you as a fighter in your later years because i think and you have to double check this to my memory rory mcdonald's is what 31 years old right now and when you think about him because we're so used to hearing the name rory mcdonald you would think that he's one of the elder statesmen, as in he's like 35, 36, but he's not. He's supposed to be what's in the middle of his prime. And not only have we seen him different physically from the Robbie Lawler loss and um, some other beatings that he has taken, but now we're at, this, um, we're at this juncture where, you know, who knows potentially when and if he may ever return to the UFC. So how do you feel about fighters fighting at such an early age? And do you feel like that age makes them peak? too soon or what what do you think that you know goes into that
0: man that is a tough question I didn't see all that coming um well first off what a guy getting all that de- all those details together yes that's, that's an extreme level of detail that I uh I respect mm-hmm. but um I to be honest I never really thought put too much thought into it um I think definitely some of the younger guys and also, even if their age aren't, if their age, I'm trying to think of a way to put this, um, not bringing their age into it, but more or less their MMA careers into it. Like I don't know, um, Kaioji Horiguchi. I remember thinking he was being brought along and fighting top contenders too soon. Agreed. And I don't even know what exa- what trajectory that had as far as his age, but. I just – you know what I mean? You get what I'm saying? Like, guys – certain guys should be brought along a certain way. But, man, it's so many different aspects of it. It's really hard. See, I can't say, oh, we shouldn't let these guys fight younger. I definitely don't mm-hmm. agree with that because Same. you do have those exceptions and you need room for those exceptions. Um, but it, it, does, it does show you a lot because guys that do get into these um, upper levels – of their divisions early in their careers they end up taking more damage you know because you're fighting more high level fighters and then naturally you're going to at some point have a come down you know especially when you know you're fighting everyone at the highest level you know the Achilles, yeah Exactly. And I
1: think that's what really I think that's what really made the comment so compelling to me. It wasn't even the age standpoint. It was well, it's the age, but compounded by the fact that now you're you're susceptible to more and a way more vicious, brutal form of damage at such an early earlier age. Like, you know, for Rory McDonald, especially with the broken nose situation, at one point he started talking about how his nose kept breaking after the Robbie Lawler incident. You know, um, to have something like that happen to you so young and you take that kind of it continuously just you know there's no room to continuously take this damage. Um, Alistair Overeem is another example that I'd like to bring in. We actually just did a pre-fight video that link will be in the description of this video with him. And you know, you spoke about his chin. And when you think about this comment, you look back. Alistair is also another guy that fought from very young and has fought a ton of fights. And over the course, he's, it's allowed him to take a ton of damage. And from there, we saw the drop off with his chin. Some may say that PDs have taken a role into that. Who knows? But the evidence, the anecdotal evidence, at least points, early age, lots of wards, lots of damage. You know, there could be a situation with the chin there. So I just think that, you know, it's something that we have to keep an eye on. And I'm sure there's people in the um, comments that will tell us other fighters that maybe some people are missing that we have to keep an eye on these guys that start early. If in the event that they start early and they're involved in a lot of wars, then that damage could change them. If you also look at the two exceptions that we talk about, right, John Jones did not happen to take a lot of damage until later on. You know, like the most damage. Uh, yeah, and he
0: still hasn't taken a lot of
1: damage. Exactly, and 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 he still hasn't taken a substantial damage. But the most damage we saw to a point, I think, it was against Gustafson. The first fight was against Gustafson. and at that point, what was he in his high twenties? You know, he was already in his high twenties, and even in then, it wasn't it wasn't a damage where he's getting knocked out, where he's getting you know stuff like that. So it it goes to show. Then you have. Um, uh, uh, Max Holloway, who's the other exception, and he's a guy that doesn't take enormous amounts of damage a- in the sense where he's getting finished, brutally finished and stuff, even though they started young. So those are the two exceptions. I really think that damage changes a fighter and can change the trajectory of the, their career, especially if they started early.
0: I, I so, agree with you 100%. Yeah, I never so, really thought about that. That's an interesting thing um now that's something i'll keep a closer eye on now that i've really it's been put into my brain you know Mm -hmm. but yeah look and look at cody garbrandt i'll be interested to see where he's at when he's like 30 33 somewhere around there uh because you know as young as he was taking all that damage from tj dillashaw who was a known cheater um (laughs) who's now a known cheater wasn't at the Mm -hmm. time but maybe to Cody garbrandt he was then the pedro munoz ko um he came back and looked great against rafael sonsal but I'll be interested to see where he goes from here. So, and
1: to tie this back into Rory McDonald, doesn't he feel like a super old 31 year old?
0: Yes, man. He would, but yeah, I think it was that Robbie Lawler fight that really took a lot out of him because I'm trying to think in the UFC, not in Bellator, fights that he took any substantial amount of damage. Um, and I can't think of any other than the Robbie Lawler fight. So, that one, it's crazy how one fight. Which is just an absolute crazy fight, can really take a toll on you. And I actually was recently watching a live chat on Roy McDonald's channel. And uh, now he signed with the PFL. We're going to see what's going to go on with the PFL. But I know he did say in there that he was open. You know, he doesn't know what the future holds. And who knows? We've seen career resurgence from guys like Andre Um, Name another one. Please think of another one because now I can't think of one off top of oh, my head.
1: Um... Man, I, I was reading something else for the next comment, so I totally yeah, you <laughs> So we've seen
0: career night. resurgence from Andre Lovsky. Um I'm trying to think who else has been pretty much mo- I mean, I I'll over him even in I this... Was
1: over, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, so there's you could even say to a certain extent Robbie Lawler.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep, maybe not at this point, but before, yeah. you know, he had made mm-hmm. that run to the title exactly. after he was written off. So there is guys that have been able to do it, and maybe Roy McDonald's one of those guys because I know when he left the UFC, I was devastated. Me too. And Rory at his peak would have been a very tough puzzle for Kamaru Usman to solve. So I would like to see, you know, if Rory can kind of regain that, you know, that almost aurora that he had Mm -hmm. of invincibility. Because I remember he looked great. I remember what he did to Woodley. Um, You know, obviously, totally neutralized him. him. He was winning a lawyer fight up until he was Mm -hmm. getting hurt. Um, he would have won that if it would have went to decision. He got stopped in the fifth round. Amazing fight, man! I love that fight. And for the
1: most part, he did everything the right way. I mean, he was training with GSP, was training under Farazahabi. You know, them guys up in Canada. It was, it was. He did everything the right way. It was, it was, it was fantastic. Um, man, I just want to see what happens with him, and I do hope that we get a chance to see him one of these days. You know, I actually have the quote here that I was reading while you was i um, talking, and it was something that... Okay, right here. Justin Gaethje, man. Justin, Justin Gaethje. He yeah. made some comments here, and I wanted to see what you thought about that. All right? Um, This is what he said, and he's talking in reference about Tony Ferguson. He said, I don't think he's done by any means. I don't think he's in a light... Uh, pardon me, an elite lightweight. I don't think he ever was. I just think his skills were really effective in the way people were fighting him. Do you have any thoughts on that?
0: I, I understand what he's saying because it makes sense to me that I know understand. Like well, as soon as, as soon as, as soon as you read that quote, I remember hearing that in the interview and it made sense to me because what he was saying, essentially if, what I took from it was he was saying basically Oh, Tony Ferguson isn't great at any one thing. Basically, um, he was just good at everything, and he had kind of a funky style, and he was able to beat guys with that funky style. But what I have to say to him is, if you're, it doesn't matter if you you have the sloppiest skills in the world. If you're able to beat everyone, then you're an elite fighter. And I think Tony Ferguson was and is still an elite fighter. His cardio is crazy. Um, he has very unorthodox and great striking, but it's MMA. You know what I mean? Not everyone's going to be some type of Floyd Mayweather in there. I mean, nobody really is, but um, Tony's got great jujitsu. I mean, obviously he has the hole in his game as far as takedown defense. Uh, but I think Justin Gaethje, I don't know, you know, it's hard to really pick, a, pick what, try to understand what he said exactly. But even though I do understand what he was sa- trying to say, I think it's just the overall bad look to even say because he just he's the guy you beat for an interim belt. So I guess that meant nothing then because you didn't oh, you beat a you beat a trash guy.
1: I'm um, glad you commented on that. So
0: I think overall I kinda get what he's saying, but at the same time, you're just making yourself look bad.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't get what he's saying at all. Um and for me, I've always had a problem with Alassani has done it recently, the Paulo Costa, Gaethje's doing it is I find it very weird when you beat somebody and they're, they're your biggest career win. And then you take that time to diminish the opponent that you just beat. And when that opponent was the one to propel you to greater heights. Um, I think it's just a weird thing to do. Absolutely weird thing to do. It's also funny that he commented on people fighting, um, fighting uh, into basically playing into Tony Ferguson's fighting style, fighting Tony Ferguson, stupid. I mean, would he say Donna Cerrone fought him in a smart manner? Or are we saying that it was Justin Gaethje that just happened to impose his skills upon Cerrone and force Cerrone to fight the way he did? It's the same thing with Tony Ferguson. Are we saying it's just that someone decided to just fight, Tony Ferguson and Manny did, or did Tony Ferguson turn around and impose his will on them? And that's why the fight looked the way they they fought. And for me, I think it's because Tony Ferguson, amongst other fighters, they impose their will on somebody else. And that's why we get the fights that we get. It's because you're in fighting, essentially, you're forcing your will upon somebody else. You know, you're taking the fight in the direction that you want that fight to be in. So that's why you're seeing the fight happen in the way that it's happening. But it's very strange because Justin Gaethje has come out has come out and he's been doing a lot of talking now. You know, he's been talking about everything. He's been saying um, he may not fight again in the UFC if um, if Dana White does a title fight for, um, uh, what was it, Dustin and Paul, uh, Connor, the trilogy fight, amongst other things. I agree with him with that. What's weird is that we don't, we're not seeing him linked to any fight. And I haven't seen him say who he wants to fight who he's interested in fighting and that type of stuff uh, later on. I don't see him linked to any kind of fight. I think instead of diminishing his opponents, he should be trying to get his next fight scheduled because me, I think he has claims to even go and be like, look, man, I lost to Khabib. I should begin that uh, Charles Oliveira fight. I should be the next man up and he should go with that. Instead of worrying about Tony Ferguson, which at this moment, he should be passed and be saying, I got to worry about my next um, career lineup. So I just think it's a weird take. And it's very strange to me when fighters go and diminish the guy that they beat that propelled them to the greatest lens. Because that Tony Ferguson win was massive for Gatesy. And the funny thing is the same guy he's diminishing is the guy that majority of people then started to say, Justin Gaethje is extremely legit after exactly. the Tony Ferguson. So if Tony Ferguson is a scrub and he never was elite, To begin with, now I wonder what it says about you if people thought that. Now, obviously, all these guys are elite, but it's just weird when a guy takes the time to diminish his opponent. Um, And for Tony Ferguson, this is just such a sad situation now after so many um, wins being a staple division, so many people are dancing on his grave at this point. It's very strange and it's very sad situation. It'll um,
0: make his comeback all the all that much better because I believe he will come back, and I, I believe with some decent matchmaking, I believe we will see the Tony of old, and I think Tony will bounce back. I don't think he'll ever be champion, but I think he can make another you know the um decent run in the lightweight division. Um, also, one thing I did want to talk about um, is Justin Gaethje did say in an interview I heard recently. Uh, he said he is open to fighting Chandler, Oliveira, uh, Poirier, or Connor. Who would you most like to see Gaethje fight next? So that. I want to see. So, so Gaethje was asked who does he want to mm-hmm. fight next, and he basically said, "I'm open to everyone above him, uh, um, in that top four. I think everyone but Tony Ferguson, basically. And it was Oliveira, Gaethje, Chandler, or Connor. I personally want to see him fight Connor. Mm-hmm. Who would you pick if you could pick? is was
1: a fighter I've always I've always been interested in him seeing. Um, at this at this point personally, I hate when fighters do that whole like you know just give me any guy in the top five, you know just call out a name and um let the UFC and the fans just just do because it, it's more interest uh, interest there. And for Conor McG- with the Conor McGregor situation, Conor McGregor already said that he he didn't want the Gaethje fight at one point. So for me it's like why in the world would I want to see it now? He didn't want to fight him then. I have no interest in That's seeing it now. That's
0: the fight I want bad. Yeah. Man.
1: Um so I since he didn't want to fight then, I don't want to see it now. Um I'm fine with Gaethje uh, any permutation of Gaethje versus Oliveira, Gaethje versus uh Mike Chandler. I have no issue of in seeing um any kind of fight like that and I would be happy to see that.
0: Um he did also say in the interview um, when they when they asked him about a potential Connor fight, I just thought this was a little bit funny. Um, you know, is was basically asking him would he be interested if Connor wanted that fight against the blah blah. And he said, Connor ain't gonna fight me. Did you see what Poirier did to do his legs? Could you imagine what I would do to his legs? And uh I just wanted to get your thoughts. Who would you favor in that fight? We would favor Gaethje, right?
1: Yes. And I've always favored Gaethje from the beginning. It wasn't even um, just because of the recent. There's going to be some hater It's going to be like, ah, the recent events. Um, but between the both of us, I've a, I'm a McGregor believer. I've been a McGregor hype man from the beginning. Um, you know that. The first time that I picked against Jose Aldo was uh, Conor McGregor. I told you straight. I said, look, man, the striking differential, the power in that left hand. Like, I have no issues. I'm a believer in Conor McGregor. It's just that matchup against Gaethje. It's a bad matchup for Connor. Oh,
0: a it's bad a bad matchup. Terrible. I think that's was, what I want to
1: see. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so for me, it's like, um, you know, I have a million reasons why I could list that. In my opinion, it would be a bad matchup. But um, I think Gaethje is right about that. I think Connor already denied it once. I don't think Connor even wants to be involved it in that.
0: Cowboy.
1: Yeah. And I don't think that. Um, and I, And that says so much, you know. Just that alone just says so much, but I so don't think that cowboy
0: over Justin Cage. Yes, and and there. I think
1: yeah, and then and then you know calling out Diego Sanchez and stuff like that. So, but I don't want this to delve into a whole of talk about too much. Yeah, yep, yeah. yeah so, so, so but, let's just avoid that kind of situation.
0: Yeah, I'm tired of talking about him until his next fight's yeah. announced. We don't need to talk about it. Um, let me show you something real quick. My new MMA bobblehead c- came in. First off, here's the box. Look how beautiful that box is. Though.
1: Fantastic. That guy does a great job with the boxes. I think the boxes are the most quality things that we've seen. I love DJ too.
0: And then here's the bobblehead. Look how nice and, that is. And dude. you
1: got the autographed version, correct? Would yep. you like to post that on the screen right now, please? Yeah, there we go. It's in focus now. Look at that. Sweet.
0: Look how nice that is.
1: And there's not much authentic MMA memorabilia to get. These bobbleheads, um, you I, I have one. I got the same DC one. You have a few of them in the background, right there. I think that they are, you know, they're fantastic for an MMA fan that just wants to have a little piece of that stuff, especially when you get the signed ones that you got. You know, yeah, I,
0: I love I love getting them, man. And they're they're so well put together. Mm-hmm. And I love how he he models them after a specific like photograph or something yep. you know um if anybody wants to buy those not that i'm trying to advertise for them i just like the you know like the mma memorabilia it, i will put the link in the description uh mma bobblehead uh, but man I, I i can't wait to see who he comes out with next i'm always interested to see who he unveils. man the quality i know i already showed it but just like look at that quality of that box up yep. man Look at I that. want.
1: I'm gonna get this one, but I'm also ecstatic for the Bruce Buffer one.
0: I know we got to see when yeah. those ones come out, and yeah, it's nice because you can buy them autographed or unautographed. Which one are you gonna buy for the Bruce Buffer? Autographed. Autographed. I'm gonna have come to. On, I'm gonna man. have to message that guy and ask him because I know he said he said early next year he'd have them. Yep. So. so
1: and he does respond uh, through Instagram because I messaged him before and he responded to me. So if he responded to me, he gonna respond to anybody.
0: Yeah, I I can't wait, dude. I really want a Robbie Lawler one. That's what I want, Robbie Lawler rip. Left. I think
1: that I think that time has passed.
0: Uh, I don't.
1: Know. <laughs> I I think that time has as fast.
0: Um, but man, he does a great job. Everyone yeah. I have, I have four of them now. I got the Nick Diaz, Jorge Masvidal, D.C., and now Demetrius Johnson. How can you not get to Demetrius Johnson? You know, one of the greatest That's flyweights true. of all time. Um. But man, it just this might be one of my favorite ones, dude. The model's awesome. The box art is so good. I mean, the DC box art is pretty cool too. I know we looked over this before, but man, I think this is the best box art that he made so far. Look at that, man. That yeah. is sweet. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you about, Sally. Yep. I was gonna text you this earlier, but I decided to save it for the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I have a perspective card, fight card for you, and I wanted to ask you. How much would you pay for this fight card? Um, and I'm going to read you off from the from the early prelims to the main event, okay?
1: Oh, geez. <laughs> All right.
0: So here we go. TJ Dillashaw versus Jose Aldo is the first fight on the prelims. Wow. Followed by Gaethje versus Chandler. Followed by Yair Rodriguez versus Zabit Magomed Shiripov. Followed by Colby Covington versus Jorge Masvidal. Followed by Leon Edwards versus Hamzat Shamayev. followed by the headliner of the prelims Wei Li Zhang versus Rose Nama Yunus. Then to open up the pay-per-view main card, Amanda Nunes versus Shevchenko three, then Volkanovski versus Holloway three, then McGregor versus Diaz three, then Poirier versus Oliveira, and this one you're not gonna like, but it still would be good. John Jones versus Israel Adesanya. How much would you be willing to pay for that? That just, killed, that just
1: killed. That just killed. <laughs> that just killed the card. All right, su-
0: sub it in with John Jones versus Francis Ngannou. Okay, cool, cool, cool,
1: cool. All right. Um,
0: how nasty was that card? But how much would you man, realistically be like? Okay, this is a reasonable price.
1: Uh, realistically, this is a reasonable price. You see now because now I gotta approach this as a consumer. <laughs> Because you add that, realistically, how much I would pay? <sighs> <laughs> because, because I don't, I don't want to lie. So you know, I have to, I have to really, I gotta. Uh, right now, I'm already over five hundred. Let me just, let me just get that out there. <laughs> if the UFC was offering this, and just to buy it online, we're gonna say four K stream, perfect stream with no no issues perfect camera placement none of the weird lighting issues that we spoke about before um the fights are just gonna move along as they happen even if a fight ends no replays of old fights or nothing Mm -hmm. just one after the other i could confidently say 750 (laughs) dollars 750
0: i like the way you broke that down um let me just say this. I'm not mm-hmm. saying this would be reasonable. Yes. But let me just say when I originally read that card off, which I have a picture. Somebody made like a fake fantasy card. Mm-hmm. I would pay $1,000 with a smile. On I knew face. you would.
1: <laughs> I knew you would. But here's here's the reason why I gave cause to pause. Because the issue is, is that from my consumer standpoint is I would believe that if they caught people paying that price, even my, even my price is $750. Cause realistically I would pay seven, but I wouldn't want to No, even though I think the card is, is worth it. I wouldn't want to, what I would want for that price is two. what I would want. And I would make me happy $200. That's exactly what I would want. 200 because once you start paying a certain amount of price, that MMA beast, that UFC, they'll get used to that, and they'll want to um to, continue to cash in on well, that price. Well,
0: another thing, and I hate to be the Debbie Downer here, but mm-hmm. another thing that would ruin that card in general was we ain't going to have no fights for six months afterwards. <laughs> you know true, what I mean? Because everything's yeah. tied up. But, true, I but if I a... can have
1: that for just – if I can – look, me personally, if I can have that for just one night and then I had – Let's say not bullshit, but you you understand what I'm saying. Bullshit fights for um for eight months. I'd have no problem with that.
0: God, could you imagine how fun a fight card? Me personally, is I'd there?
1: have no problem with that because at this point, when you're a hardcore, we already watch. Yeah, it's cool to look forward to to, but we already watch so many cards in particular. Sometimes that because there's no real avenue for certain fighters that we're not already excited about. So just imagine just one night.
0: Every fight is super important. Yes. From start to finish.
1: Dude, that'd be like a wet dream for me.
0: (laughs) Let me break it down from a little different standpoint. The way I thought of an actual reasonable price for it. Mm -hmm. I think a reasonable price would be $500 for that card. And let me tell you how I got to that. It was 11 fights that I read off to you. And the pay-per-view price used to be $60. So I just went off the $60 figure. That would be six hundred and sixty dollars for those eleven fights, but a couple of those fights aren't necessarily pay-per-view main events. TJ Dillashaw versus Aldo is a pay pay-per-view main event. It's a great fight, so I just say okay. Let me subtract a little bit. I say five hundred dollars, but man, would that fight card be amazing? I, I, we have never seen it. We've never even seen anything like that. Even when we get three title fights, the the bottom two are usually like a little, hmm. you know, Amanda Nunes versus some bum or something or. Cyborg versus, you know, some bum, you know, so we don't ever get, we don't ever get like three real, true, holy shit type title fights on one card. You know what I mean? It never happens. um I can't wait for the UFC 260, though, as far as, yeah. wait, is it 260?
1: Yeah, it should be 260.
0: I think that's what 260 is in Ganu versus Stipe, yeah. too, and Brian Ortega versus uh, Volkanovsky mm-hmm. for the title. Uh, but actually, I was thinking about, 259 Adesanya versus Yan Peter Yan versus Aljamain Sterling, Sterling and yep. Megan Anderson versus um, Amanda Nunes. Cause I'm you getting really like, you're getting day. like me,
1: man. That memory is starting to get a little yeah, It's just hard to remember which one goes you used on which to card. be lightning quick.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, but I think, but dude, there's so many great fights coming up. It's so yeah, hard yeah. to remember. I, I know we were just talking about the pre-fight for this weekend's card. And then we started talking a little bit about UFC 258 Burns versus Usman. This is not a fight card that's going to sell a lot of pay-per-views. It's not a lot of fight card that's going to get Which a Which is of just so players. sad, isn't
1: it? What Isn't that such a shame?
0: I'm, this is one of the fights I'm really looking forward to, you know, as far as 2021. I love Burns as a challenger. Um, you know, we've seen Usman defend his belt now um, a few times. And, man, I can't wait for that fight. I'm super excited for me. For me, I'm more excited. And I'll probably get crucified for this. Someone will probably think I'm crazy. I'm more excited for Usman versus Burns than I was for Connor versus Poirier.
1: No, I think that's accurate. I don't yeah. think you should get crucified for that. I think that's accurate. I know you're a hater. You're a hater of this man. So I thought you were going to say, and I'm sure you're going to say it now, but I thought you were going to say that you're more excited for um, Usman versus Burns than Alessandria versus uh, Blovich.
0: Yeah. I'm excited okay. for because I, I,
1: I know too. you're all all, all Sonya it, Oh, man. I'm excited for that part, man. Yeah, All right. But good, good. As long as long as we're on the same page there, and I I think there's even an argument to make because I've I don't know maybe you'll see it differently and you have seen it differently. I actually think that that fight. I'm not going to say who I favor early. But um, there's a guy I do favor, but I think that fight is going to be more competitive than a lot of people think. A lot of people are saying that um, uh, Yan is going to get blown out the water, man, and I don't, I don't think that we'll see that. But if we do, Alessanya, he's already a big star. But if we see something like that, Alisanya overnight would we'll transition from where he currently is, which in my opinion is a superstar, to being. A mega star. Let like, me. Ask it will be you massive for This, this yeah. just
0: gave me a good question. So, GSP, and I know this is a whole different scenario. GSP got a lot of hate from me, from you, from everyone, for kind of cherry picking Michael Bisping after that knockout of Luke Rockhold. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's the same case for Adesanya? Um, all of a sudden, yam Blachowicz is the champion, and not John Jones. And all of a sudden, he's like, "Let me go up real quick." No. Why not?
1: No. Because I think that I think that it's Jones' fault for relinquishing said belt. Jones is the one that created the area of uh of to for him to be able to do that. If Jones never relinquished the belt, he would have never had the opportunity to do that. Then it would have it would have also then put the the heat, the onus on Alessandria, because for you, even though it's not accurate, but for you who says Alasanya's been talking this nonsense for the most part. You know, it's it's really been Jones that's done everything in his power to to stay away from said fight, because if he had stayed in that um that light heavyweight division and he's still the champion there, and Alisani and him is doing the back and forth, it's like now we're not even we're not we're just one weight class apart. But with him relinquishing said belt and then saying I'm gonna go to heavyweight, and then after going to heavyweight, it's probably not a realistic expectation of him to ever go back down to light heavyweight. He's the one that created that distance, so. For me, I don't think that that's the case. I think in Alasanya, what he was going to do, because a lot of people don't give him credit for this, but he's kind of like McGregor in the sense where he tries to keep every possible door open for himself. I think that that's what he was going to do to begin with. He was going to go. And if Jones was there, as he would have took the challenge. Because remember, he has nothing to lose. Even if he lost... You, you don't think so, but you got to think about it logically. Even if he lost to Jones and even if he loses here to Yan, what does he really lose? In terms of realms, we, we spoke about this before in the Conor McGregor situation. In terms of doors being closed, none of his doors will really be closed. He'll go up there, he'll lose, they'll be like, oh, people are going to have the built-in excuse for him, he's just not big enough, blah, 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 it's the first time in a different weight class. Um, there's going to be built-in excuses, so he's not going to lose much, and he's still going to be middleweight champion. So I think he was going to do it anyway to begin with. But for John Jones now, now John Jones, he closed doors for himself because now no chance of him being active, waiting to see who wins between uh, Stipe and Francis Ngannou, then entirely removed himself from that fight, which would have been a fantastic payday. While Alisani, on the other hand, um, has a million different avenues where he could go return to that middleweight division try to work within that light heavyweight division if he captures that belt, and he has a bunch of guys to, to fight. And John Jones only has one fight that he could really make and um, any good money off of, and that's whoever's holding that
0: heavyweight title. So it's not yeah, uh, very strange. I don't necessarily agree with you because I think John Jones has a lot of doors open for him because if he in, loses a in heavyweight, of money, in terms he can jump right back fight. down to light heavyweight. How do we know that?
1: We don't we don't we have no we have no proof of that. How do we know that he puts on and, and especially in the manner that he puts on that weight, that he's going to be able to lose it? We have no we have no it's neither here nor there. We we don't know if it's possible. Well, couldn't we,
0: we say the same thing about Alessania?
1: He for all we know, Alessania is walking around, because if you look at the weight and where he's really at, for all we know, he's going to walk into that cage without cutting his, his walk around weight. So, but, so, we, so we can't say he's gonna be
0: walking around at 235 or 240 though and cutting and getting in shape. And I don't
1: uh, think that's to be true because we've already seen Jones do the bodybuilding stuff with OSP and then how look how he looked, and that was at his native 205. I don't think, so I think that ever there's coming a lot back. of questions.
0: I don't think questions. he's ever coming back to 205, but I think he could if he needs to. Um, and also, I don't think Adesanya ever want that fight because uh, belt, belt mm-hmm. or no fight, belt or no belt. Mm-hmm. John Jones was down for that fight. He said, "I want that fight," and Adesanya always found a reason. Oh, I can't do this, can't do that. And then he, I, I don't know,
1: man. Mix, really, mix. I think mix, he's playing a
0: little bit of head games, a little bit. He I, saw I think
1: head. that. I think that Mix however you pronounce that YouTuber channel's name. He actually had a very compelling and fantastic video on it that he did recently that I'll put in the description. It goes into way more detail than either me or you can have. And he had a very compelling argument of why it was Jones is the one who has gone on to avoid that fight. And I recommend anyone that's watching this to, to watch it. Cause he goes, he goes into the all Twitter exchanges, things that were said in interviews Etc. Etc. Also, if if you're just on the outside and you're looking in, Jones is the one that created the separation. He's the one that's not gone up, and he's now the one that's in no man's land. Just just looking it from a financial standpoint. Let's not even talk about championship merit or or anything else. Just from a financial standpoint, he closed all his doors. He's only hoping for that one singular fight, which is going to be a massive fight for him against Miocic or against nganu After that. He's back to what he was doing at 205. Now, for us hardcore MMA fans, it'll be fantastic. But for mainstream casual fans, who really cares about seeing him against Derek Lewis? Who cares about seeing him against Alistair Overeem? For casual, and I'm talking about casuals. That's not going to garner any interest. He'll be doing the same thing at heavyweight that he's been doing at 205. So I think he put himself in a very bad position because no one would have anything negative to say about Jones. If he had never relinquished that belt and he stayed within that division, if we never saw Jones at heavyweight, we would just be like, oh, what could have been? But now he's put himself in a tough position. If he loses, it's going to be hard on him because then people, the narrative will be, oh, you were fighting guys smaller than you the whole time. Now that you're fighting guys of a similar size, even though we don't believe that, me and you don't believe that. And I I shouldn't have to go to say, but that's what the narrative will be. If we're being honest with ourselves, the narrative will be that. From a ton he loses, of people.
0: I think if he loses, he goes back down to the heavyweight. I don't think I don't see him I, around.
1: I also I also believe that. But then but then now I that also, makes it worse. That makes it much worse because then the people that was was gonna hold that sentiment, they're gonna turn around and then say, "Oh look." He lost once, and then he ran out of division, which is sad because if he does lose, he may lose against one of the greatest knockout artists that we've ever seen in the sport, Francis Ngannou, or the best UFC heavyweight of all time, in Stepe Miocic. So if he did do that, you understand, it's like you lost against the top of the top.
0: I, I think, I think, I think that Jones is getting less respect for what he's doing mm-hmm. than what Adesanya is doing. I mean. If you look at the two guys, Jones has had sustained dominance at light heavyweight for years. Yep. Then he's moving up to face two of the most – two of the scariest heavywe- heavyweights in the UFC there's ever been in Ghana mm-hmm. or Stipe. Meanwhile, and I don't want to take anything away from Ian Blahovich. I think he's on a great run. I think he's done great. I think he's looked great. I think he could beat Adesanya and send him back down to middleweight. Uh, but you look at Adesanya, okay, he's moving up to fight – a champion who was just crowned, who didn't even beat the previous champion. You know what I'm saying? As far as you but know, but that's not
1: that's not Alassane's fault, and that's not Yan's fault. Jones relinquished the belt. So I don't even want to put that one in there because when we add the context, that's not none of those guys. Fault. I
0: know, but what I'm talking about is the doesn't the, it matter the though. Fans it,
1: it's still it's or... still it's still Jones's fault. He didn't no one forced him to relinquish that belt. He had options, and in fact, he had fights there. He could have fought Reyes again. I know, but I felt like he opted to take the bigger challenge. Which is, which is at this point, at this point, it's 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 hard to say because who's to know, who's to know? I'm not in Jones's head. Me personally, if you was to ask me, I think Jones beats Reyes again. I've always said Jones in re- rematches, so, he so does not. he does much better. But who's to say? You know, that's why these conversations are so they're so good to have because. It's all speculation. For all we know, he said, "You know what? I don't want nothing to do with Reyes again. I'm getting out of here, and I'm going to go try to beat up on other people." And it's in the realm of possibility because
0: we just don't know. To be honest, I my theory is I think it was negotiating but going on.
1: Me, me too, and I and I believe that he, like Henry Cejudo, amongst others, put himself in a bad position because. The way I would have looked at it is if I was Jones, I would put the UFC, not Alasanya, but the UFC on the fight. I would say this is where I come on and say either you give me the Israel Alasanya fight right now at this moment because there's nothing left for me to do or I'm going to move up to um, heavyweight and I'm not coming back down. So now the, the ball is in your court. Either you want this fight or you don't want it. And the second that Alasani says, I don't want it, I, I want it later on, and you start making the gibberish, all right, I'm out of here, because it was it's on you. The, I feel like va- that's
0: what happened, though.
1: But that's not what happened. He created the vacuum of saying that there was no challenges for him there at 205, of complaining about not getting the fight against Ngannou and Stipe or the negotiations for the money and then saying, you know what, I'm gone. So he created a vacuum of not the Alasani fight, but not being able to negotiate himself into place with that heavyweight fight. And then he turned around and said, all right, that's it. I don't even, when, when you need me, call me, when you got a big fight for me, call me, which is funny because the big fight for it was different.
0: It just goes to show you how much Jones cares about that title. You know what I mean? He's how many times has it been stripped away, vacated, whatever. Which he shouldn't
1: to me. I I mean, what points more to him being the greatest of all time than just that? You understand what she shouldn't, but it's, it's the optics. Cause you remember, I always told you perception is reality for many fans. It's never real, real reality of what people think, but it's what people perceive. And there's so many people, not me, but there's so many people that's going to say, Oh, um, John Jones didn't want the uh, Israel Alessandra test. He tried to go. Cause remember how heavyweights are looked at, with the exception of Stephen Miocic and the exception of Francis inganu the heavyweights are looked at as they're limited. They're old, they cannot fight progressively throughout. Like if you survive the first couple of rounds with them, they're beatable, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So they some could argue that he's trying to go for an easier test, which I don't believe.
0: Well, I'll was, tell you there's this an
1: argument that people if, can make.
0: If it. I'm John Jones in the narrative by haters, by some fans, yes, is that I ran from Adesanya, Yan and, and mm-hmm. Reyes. Mm-hmm. to go fight Stepe or Inganu, I'll take that narrative every day because
1: yeah.
0: You, versus Stepe are the scariest challenges out there for him. You 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 would
1: take it if you go and you beat up um if you go and you beat up what's his name, Stepe or Inganu. But if you if you lose there and then you go. You have the audacity to go back to light heavyweight, and let's say you do a rematch with Reyes, and and potentially you have a close fight there, or you have a a, a match with um Yen, who somehow is still champion. Let's say he beat up Alisani, and you either lose there. Now you're in a very very tough situation. It's a it's a very very problematic situation because remember, as fans, we're always dealing with revisionist history. It's never what we see at the moment. The second that someone loses or something happens to that person. Now the narrative, they still people start to create their own narratives as to what went on and, and everything just goes haywire from so, there.
0: So then tell me this. Why is it OK
1: mm-hmm.
0: for Adesanya to move up, potentially lose? Mm-hmm. He's got every excuse in the world, move back down. Mm-hmm. But it's not the same for Jones. But who, I feel who like said it was same. OK.
1: Who said it was OK? I no, never thought that was OK. Uh, but I'm, but but for I'm many, saying
0: you say it's like the built in excuse because, be for many,
1: because for many fans it's hypocrisy. For many fans who have been hating on John Jones for a long time, they've said it's the size. And you've seen this. Oh, you, yeah. You've seen, they said it's the size of Jones that's had him dominant within that said division. That he can't be the greatest because of that's the size. size. And he, yes, and he hasn't been fighting guys sim- of a similar size to him. Alessanya, on the other hand, is now people are already framing it as he's going up there to fight giants, guys that are bigger than him, you know, guys that hit harder than him. And and even though uh even though you framed it perfectly, if you look at it, Alisson has gone up at an appointed time. You have a champion who's never defended the title, he just won the title, he's 37 years old. Now, this is no insult to him. To yen, I think yen is a very competent fighter, and I think he's going to push the pace on Alassani. But if you look at what's going on right now, you would say if you're Israel Alassani and you wanted to move up, this would be the perfect time for you to move up and wait. And that's what but he does. Notice how the conversations are different. If you go on, you check any Reddit and you check anything else, you're going to see that a lot of guys are now claiming all oh, Jones is finally fighting guys of a similar size as him. And then you look what people are saying about Alessani. Oh, he's gonna go tangle with the big boys. Imagine if he um if he beats if he beats those guys there and he clears out both divisions, blah 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 blah. I think it's ludicrous. I think that um I think that look, I thought Jones was too big for Alisania. I thought Jones was gonna beat the brakes off of Alessani. I know a lot of commenters were saying, ah, you're wrong, you're wrong. It's a possibility. We don't know. We have to see the fight happens. But I think that the optics of how it happened, how Jones has left that division, I think the way it happened is what has skewed a lot of people's opinion. I think what would have been best for Jones, just go beat up Reyes one more time. If Yan is still there, beat up Yan. At that point, the division was really going to be cleared out. Absolute zero for him to do. And if he wanted to move up, then go ahead and move up. But now it's just... Look how long. Look how long we got to wait to see him perform again.
0: I know. But me, when was the last time he fought? You know what's so sad? Last year.
1: Like, and look how long we may potentially be waiting one for One year. Him
0: it's been one year. Let me set up the stage for the biggest UFC fight in history, okay? Yeah. Imagine a world where this goes down. Adesanya starches Yam on March 6th, I believe. Okay? So Adesanya light heavyweight champion. Yep. Then I believe it's the end of March, right? It's the end of March that Nganu and and uh it's March twenty-seventh, I believe Enganu versus Stipe is happening, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. Ganu knocks out Stipe, okay? First round knockout, he takes no damage. Ganu turns right around and fights John Jones. Let's say June. Okay. John Jones beats Francis Ngano. And then imagine Adesanya and Jones meeting at like 2.15. Do you think that would be the biggest fight ever? And let's say they still wanted to fight each other. Jones is heavyweight champion. Adesanya is light heavyweight champion. How would you make that fight? You Um, know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. I think think it would be the biggest fight ever. But guess what? For people like you that believe that Adesanya is making excuses and doesn't want to fight Jones, it would be the first time where he actually would have the, the best play and the best excuse to not fight him if that's something like that occurred, because then he can simply say, which would be true. And for us who believe in the merits of the division, as in I I have two divisions that I'm reigning over, I have work to do. Let me get back to work in these divisions. It. And, and and do my work here as he sits and waits for Jones to get older or potentially defeated at heavyweight. It, to me, it would be a perfect excuse. I,
0: I think he's going to fight Jones eventually. I just think he's kind of biding his time. And, um, and if that is the case, do you blame him? No. But let me let me just say this, because I remember mm-hmm. Adesanya saying one time, and it was kind of, you know, it could have been taken as a joke. He said, I will fight John Jones. Yeah, he said, oh, chase him to the heavyweight. Could yeah. you imagine a world – because heavyweight's anything over 206, mm-hmm. right? Could you imagine a world where Adesanya tries to claim a third belt? I'm just going to say this.
1: You know, um look, I, I don't want to say who I favor. You know, you I'm just going to – Just save it. Yeah, I don't want to say who I favor. <laughs> um. But I've never picked against Alisanya since, you know, since he's been in the UFC. I think he's I think he's a fantastic fighter, but he has such a a, a tough test ahead of him. I've always I believed firmly in my heart before we start making, you know, any next fights for him. Let's let him handle this fight, because one thing about Jones is Jones time and time again, we've brought giants to him. And time and time again, he's knocked him down. Alisanya needs to – I'm the biggest believer, because I know there's going to be some weird hater that's going to be like, ah, you hate him, you don't – I'm the biggest believer. But he has to now do more. There's a lot more for him to do. He has to get more title defenses down. He has to beat Yan here before we can even – even if he beats Yan, I want to see some title defenses. I want him to go back down the middleweight and do some things there. I want him to fight at light heavyweight and do some things there. I do not want these belts, even if it's the biggest fight of all time, to be postponed because we have these ludicrous fights that could be made.
0: Let me throw out a little bit of a fun fight for you. Just a random fight I just thought of. Israel Adesanya versus Yuri Prochaska. Man yeah. what that would be a fun fight that no one's ever mentioned. I'll be the first yes. person to mention that fight. And
1: and the craziest thing is, is that's why I told you I don't think the fight will ever happen between um, with Jones at heavyweight, between Allessani and Jones. Is because if you look at the permutations, the fights that can happen at light heavyweight, all of them are fantastic. Petroska is there. Then you also have Alexander Rakic. If they come, very interesting fight that could happen. He can also go back down and say, you know what, um, Robert Whitaker, I want to beat you up. You know, there's so many different things that he can do within those two weight classes. That's why I really think it was a massive mistake for John Jones to relinquish that belt. It all depends what happens to heavyweight, though, doesn't it? It it does, and but I will also say this: Look, man, if Jones for the Jones haters, if he goes and he beats up Stipe Miocic or he beats up Francis Ngannou, then let's just let's just stop with the nonsense. At that point, I already think he's the greatest. But at that point, who could deny him? Very, very true not to, to relinquish your belt and say, you know what, I'm gonna go up in the weight class, I'm gonna do who could die. But I already know the comments, they're gonna say that oh, he he picked Steep A. Once Stipe has taken so much damage, <laughs> yeah, I already, I already know I can see it already. Oh, Steve took so much damage, he's older now, he's not what he used to be. Can't take this, just gonna be so much, and if he beats um Francis. Then people are gonna complain about the way he beat him. If he takes him down, they would be like, "Oh yeah, it's only because he was able to take Francis down and neutralize his power." There's gonna be some kind of excuse.
0: Oh, so it's it's just it's Jones breeds hate. I mean, from yeah, the, he does from the outside the cage antics to the steroid accusations they... and and tests that he's popped positive yep. for. Um,
1: I think Jones. he's kind
0: of I think he's kind of built it for himself a little bit. But uh, it's funny how we constantly see it. Yeah, speaking of Yuri Prochaska, he was supposed to fight Dominic Reyes February 27th, but that fight is now off. Supposedly Reyes is injured, or whatever. Um, the new main event is Cyril Gahn versus uh Jerzino Rosenstrike, which was supposed to be on the Hamza Chamayev versus Leon Edwards card on March 13th, so they moved it up a couple weeks. Um, and now that's the new main event. How do you feel yeah. about
1: that? A, that's a nice little scrap right there, but to lose that fight um Reyes versus Yuri Pichos, is super disappointing um you know it's distasteful but you know these things happen you can't get you can't get all these fights I hope the fight is rescheduled for a later date and also I think this is my most emotional podcast man I've been very happy to do this uh this video there's been a lot of stuff to fun stuff to talk about
0: I know we we gotta um <laughs> one thing we gotta do soon Uh, Because these podcasts are just getting better and better. We got to find a way to get them out. We got to do them audio, audio only versions. I'm sure there's some people that would like that. Uh, Comment down below if you guys would want that. Uh, We're going to do it regardless pretty soon, but just let us know if it would make your uh, life easier to be able to watch them on, you know, Apple podcasts or Spotify. We just put this weekly one on there. Uh, but, man, I, I love doing these podcasts because these are conversations we usually have in bits and pieces, and instead we're just sitting exactly. down having the discussion. Um, it makes you think about different things that you don't normally think about. But, man, I'm sad. I really wanted to see Yuri Prochaska fight. He only has one fight in the UFC um, against Volkan Ozdemir, but he looked absolutely spectacular. I want to see him in there again. Dominic Reyes was going to be a great measuring stick for him. Um, and it just sucks because Cyril Ghosn versus – uh, Jerzina Rosenstrike was supposed to be the co-main again on the Hamzat-Jamaya card, which just makes that card even much, even so much better. We're only a month away from that. Dude, we got so many fights, great fights coming up. It's insanity.
1: And remember this month is going to go by quick. It's a short month.
0: Very, very true.
1: mm -hmm. So we're going to, we're going to, we have a lot of fights coming up, man. Um, funny thing is I let the viewers know peek between the curtain Coming into this video, I was actually really tired, man, and now I'm charged up. I feel good. Yeah, I'm charged up. I feel good because it's it's such a. I I really want to know what other people think. Who do you think ran from who? Do you think Jones made a mistake vacating that title? Do you really want to see Jones versus Alisanya? How do you feel about Alisanya and his light heavyweight potential ventures that he has there? And would you really mind if we never see that Alisanya versus John Jones or John Jones versus Alassane? If you, if you never see that, we never get that. But we get Alisanya fighting within two divisions. How would you feel about that? And do you believe Alassane could be in? Because I'm curious to see how many people favor know. I know.
0: I w- that's what I want to know. How many people really like. Yeah. If we had if we asked 100 people who's going to win that fight, who would you pick? One quick thing I want to discuss about that fight without going into too much detail. What I find particularly interesting about that fight is I feel like even if Adesanya can light Yan up, mm-hmm. I feel like Yan's going to be able to absorb a lot of that damage and still be able to fire back. You know what I mean? We've seen him do it time and time again. And I'm just so interested. Imagine Adesanya is lighting him up, but he's just eating his shot. Through. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I don't want to get into too much detail
1: because it'll it'll start, you know, me, you know, me and you will seem like it's a pre-fight breakdown. So we'll save that for the future. But it's a compelling thing to think about. You know, um, it's there's so many different things that could possibly happen. And we have to question what's going to go on, how it's going to go on. And we also have to question the real difference between the size disparity. I want to try to look up some stuff. Maybe some of you guys know what does Alisanya really walk around around like? What's his normal weight? I gotta go check to see what he if he's been training any differently for that fight. And for Yan, Yan has been very quiet, man. I wonder what he's been up to, and how things been going for him. And I'm hope- good. I hope we don't lose this fight to COVID or any nonsense like that. You know, I just I just want to get this fight. I want my questions answered. I want to see what happens.
0: For me, the biggest story leading into UFC 259, for me personally, mm-hmm. what does that titty look like? <laughs> that guy know titty, right? Because I'm curious, man. And also, like, I know we're getting way deep in the details, but imagine after that titty thing. If Adesanya comes out and looks like shit in a fight, that you know maybe now he's under a little bit of more of a magnifying glass because of this titty thing, um, you know, with the speculations of PEDs, maybe he's not oh. able to use them. You know, if he was using, oh, them. yeah, and obviously pop, that's pop. all. Spe- yeah, and imagine he looks like shit in this fight, which he could make get made look like shit by Ian just yes. you know, there no you matter go. what, but. I'm just saying, imagine everyone's gonna be saying, Oh, he must have got off the PEDs now. You know, yep. speaking of all these fan narratives, media narratives, that's going to be
1: and it's possible, right? But what's so sad is now we live in a world where just because you like someone, you have the built-in excuses. They'll just they'll claim, even if that's really the case, they'll claim, oh, size disparity, blah, size blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have claims for that. His stance
0: and, was different,
1: yeah, exactly. And you know what's really strange is that I thought personally, especially where I I hate PED users and abusers, that fans would cling to that and we would see more and more and more mounting pressure and more mounting trouble on it. And it seems to have died away and gone very silent. You know, it seems like it's it's gone right out of people's memory. And I think that that was very important and something that we should bring up in the pre-fight. Obviously, it's speculation, but it's It is part of the process for us to just throw that out there and let other people, other fans um, like ourselves, think about that thought. Because it, you know, is very big and there is a possibility. But who knows? Maybe it just happened naturally, even though it cannot occur like that. Let's just assume that that happened naturally. Who knows what happened from there? And uh, we'll see how that fight goes on. But you know what would be even worse? Is it if he fights and then he goes to beat some breaks off a of yen and then at the end of the fight they say he tested positive for something? My God, what a travesty would that be?
0: This career would be.
1: Oh no, no, not at all. If TJ, look, I, I, <laughs> I, I, that bowl has sailed for me. If TJ Dillashaw has has been able to return, hasn't been able to done, return yet. Well, he's he's gonna, you know, if, if he's been able to to come back from what he's done. Then I think alessania especially with that pop, he's gonna come back. Especially he's gonna lie, like the rest of these guys say it was a mistake. Taints a supplement, etc. 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 And it's, it's gonna be there. So I, I think he'll be back after he serves the suspension, possibly.
0: Oh man, I can't wait to see who they match TJ Dillashaw up with. Maybe it'll be the winner of Corey Sanhagen versus uh Frankie Edgar this weekend. Funny I thing is so.
1: one of those guys may call him out, especially if San Hagen wins, because he, he was alluding to TJ to before. Fight. Yeah.
0: Um any other topics you have for today? I don't know what that noise was. Did you hear that? Neither. I heard
1: that. Yeah, I thought something disconnected for your from your computer. That's yeah, what yeah, I, I thought.
0: I, That's why I stared into there for a second. I'm like, what the heck's going on?
1: What I do have a couple couple small things to talk about. Um you know, it's and this is the reason why I have issues with um with guys that come back for one random fight and stuff. Nate Diaz is claiming that he's a welterweight. Um, he also added fuck a weight class, and said that he wants to fight Dustin. There's been reports that you know this one better than me, but there's been reports that Dustin alluded to wanting to fight Nate Diaz. Um, so what are your thoughts on that? And if that fight did occur and except it happened that well to wait, who do you favor? What do you think would go on there?
0: So, first off, if the fight were to happen, I wouldn't care necessarily as long as it wasn't for a belt.
1: That's, like, yeah, you know? I should have added that context. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I don't necessarily understand. Nate Diaz just seems like he wants the biggest money fights, which I don't blame him. Nope. Mm-hmm. Um, without having to cut weight, but not fighting the bigger guys. You know, he doesn't want to fight a guy like Usman or, you know, Burns or, you know, any of these other legitimate Walter Weights. Um, didn't – wasn't there a rumor Tyron Woodley Nate Diaz fight years ago for the belt, I think, which was very weird at the time, but it was coming off that Anthony Pettis win at Walter Weight. And
1: I think Woodley um, was the one pushing that he wanted to um fight.
0: But you know what's funny?
1: Nate Diaz, yeah. This
0: is going to sound crazy because I'm very high on Dustin Poirier and always has been. Mm-hmm. I think Nate has a legitimate chance at beating Dustin Poirier. What about you? You think I'm crazy?
1: Um, I think that I would have to give him more thought. I think especially at welterweight that there's a possibility. But also because I'm in this situation now where, where fundamentally for me, I'm just a non-believer in guys that come back for these uh, one-off fights. For all we know, Nate Diaz is saying all these things to the world, and he's like – he's telling um, – He's telling Nick, "Man, I just want one last paycheck. I'm about to sell them wolf tickets and rob these. Guys. I'm just showing up for a check. Wolf Pack it yeah, packing it in after a first exchange, and that's it. Because it's a possibility with with guys that are just one offs. You don't, you never know what they're doing. You feel me? He. I
0: he, wish we had an active Nate Diaz, man. He. Me too. And what's funny is, as much as disrespect as Nate Diaz gets as a journeyman, whatever you want to call him. And as deep as the lightweight division is right now, yep. there's never been a tailor-made lightweight division more for Nate Diaz than there was right now. Because before you had guys like RDA who was going to wrestle him, um, Khabib, and Nate Diaz's biggest weakness is wrestling. But now you have a bunch of guys that are going to stand with him. So yeah, but, any but how that's... do you
1: feel about the leg kicks? Gaethje chopping him down? <laughs> Gaethje, Gaethje, Gaethje chopping him
0: down? Gaethje would cripple him, you know? Yeah. Um. But, I man, that's a fight that I would love. There was rumors a couple weeks ago that they offered Nate Diaz Justin Gaethje, and if, if Nate Diaz is smart and his brother told him, probably turn that fight down. Man, he's gonna kick them legs off of your body. Yeah, he gonna brutalize him. Um, Big especially time. with the stance. You know, a southpaw stance. He's gonna be kicking that inside leg. Just tear that leg up, man. Um, but to answer your question. I'm not too high on Dustin versus Nate. Um, I would enjoy it as long as it's not for a belt. But I just want to see Nate Diaz come back and be active, man. I hope they just – He's
1: never going to come back and be active.
0: No, it's not going to happen. Um... He's never
1: Who do you think that he – Why do you think that he said he's he's a welterweight now? Like, let's remove his weight from it. But in terms of potential matchups, like what welterweight is there for the matchup against unless they – if you're not talking about running it back with Mazudel – then who's there for him to for him to fight? That's going to be a big money fight for him.
0: I have no idea
1: because that's the first thing when I read when he said that he's a welterweight now. It's like, who are you trying to match yourself up with? You mentioned you mentioned Dustin, but why would Dustin want to say, "All right, I I'll go fight you at welter"? Like, you know, it's it's this very strange situation.
0: Yeah, I'm wondering where did he say that because. Come get you some. I'll
1: tell you right now. <laughs> MMA fighting right there.
0: There's I am looking at it. For. So, not that I'm saying what they're saying is naturally wrong, but Nate DSS some wonky shit. He posted an IG photo that says, NDA soldier, 170 pounds. Come get you some of the real. And then he said, these are fighting words, though. Fuck a weight class. I think he's just saying he don't want to cut weight for his next fight. He wants to fight another lightweight because Nate Diaz has pretty much always been a lightweight. I know there's that narrative, you know, that he's so big and his career has been mostly at 155. I think he just wants to fight other 155ers who aren't going to cut weight. I think that's the gist of what he wants.
1: At welterweight.
0: Yes. At one seventy instead of one fifty five, but he I don't he doesn't want no smoke at one seventy. You don't want an of them actual one seventy. Of course
1: not, of course not. But it's just it's just strange. It's just strange that that's what you would want. And I and look, if Dustin went and took that fight, I don't blame him. Go get that money. Go get more advertisements for your charity, and rightfully so. But that better not be for a belt. And the fact t-
0: that Ariel Hawani suggested that it could be for a belt. Yeah, literally made me throw up in my mouth a little bit,
1: yeah. And now, <laughs> and now, now that you're talking about 170, you know, I, I don't know if they're gonna create look a, a weird title for them to even, which they wouldn't, but just that BMF belt was a turn off to me. Look, so I,
0: I don't ever want to hear about the BMF belt again, yeah. So. I yeah, don't even so. like hearing those letters together. And this is from a guy and two guys who went to that event and yep. were excited, you know, at the fight good money for them Tickets, too, <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't look I I just I just find it weird these guys that want to do this one off fight stuff and and especially when it's like you're you're not even you're not even saying who you want to fight you're just throwing it out there Um
0: if Nate Diaz was coming back to lightweight who would you want to see him against? What are some fights that would interest you?
1: uh first off, no one because he's not gonna be active, but let's just say let's just assume that he was gonna be active um not now that Conor McGregor has lost storm in there again with McGregor, I think that'd be a fun one for the fans and we'll also be able to measure where men both men are at exactly right now in their careers um you wouldn't want to see this I'd want to see it for the destruction also if Nate is able to check them kicks Gaethje, I think that would be entertaining for myself. Um, you know, those are the two names that jump at me.
0: And also, you know, as much as we're down in Nate, he has surprised, showed up and surprised a lot of people. Yeah. A mm-hmm. lot of people thought Pettis was going to beat him. A lot of people thought yeah. Michael Johnson was going to beat him years ago. Um, he came out and looked super impressive in both those fights. So, you know, he could come out and surprise us against a guy. like. Could you imagine if he came out beat a guy like Justin Gaethje? If people are crying for him to get a title fight now, they'd be crying for the title fight then. They just want the biggest fight, biggest names in the biggest fights, regardless of their winning or losing streaks. Uh, For me personally, if I'm making Nate Diaz next fight, um, I like the McGregor-Diaz fight, but let's pretend that one doesn't exist. That one's just too easy. You know what I mean? That one's too easy to make. Give me Nathan Diaz versus Tony Ferguson. That'd be a fun fight. Both of them have... It Unlimited would be. gas tanks?
1: It would be. It would be, but, you know, man. Because it's Tony. I think at that point, if Tony lost, then that's the end. You got Gatesy dancing on his grave.
0: You could say that about any of Tony's next fights.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's true. But so it, it but might it, well so, be
0: a big payday.
1: Yeah, but is that a big enough payday for Nate? That's a very true. Probably, yeah, 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 you know, like was the is it a but, big he, enough but he took the Anthony Pettis fight just because of the name, you know. And
0: Tony but Ferguson. Pettis is a
1: big look. Pettis for say whatever you want about Pettis, but Pettis is a massive name, much ma- more massive than um than Tony Ferguson. He ended up on that Wheaties box for a reason, man. He, he was on that Wheaties box for a reason, and the UFC was milking him until the bone was dry. Yeah, so. <laughs>
0: You like so, that, don't you, milking him till the bones
1: dry, huh? No, I don't know anything about that. But the UFC was really on his udders. Them cow udders, they was milking that. They really was trying to milk his name. Every opportunity they got. So it's, it's, it's a tough situation. I, I just think that Nate, I don't think we'll ever see an active Nate ever again. Ever. Man, I that's
0: think, yeah. that sucks, man, because I agree with you. I think that's the truth. Um, let me ask you this question. True or false, does Joey and Sully go to a UFC pay-per-view event in live this year?
1: Oh man. Man, with that Rona running around. I you know, I like to be positive, so I'm gonna say true. Okay. As long as as long as you know we're able to take care of ourselves and maintain our health, and the event is there for us to go to. I'm gonna say true. We're gonna to go to an event. We're gonna grab these cameras, you know, and uh, we're gonna be doing some real, some real interesting stuff. We're going to have the, cha- the channel, come on, man! Look where, you take, look where you're taking. This. Look where you're taking. Wait a this. second. I think the channel. I think the channel. I think the channel is gonna be real interesting. We we're gonna, especially if it's in New York again, or I gotta to go to um, to your state. Is it's gonna be fun. Let me Hopefully let
0: me we'll get you to get on the plane so you can go to Vegas. Let me tell you this, because um, Katie said the most uh, selfless thing the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said the most I don't want to say it was fucked up, but it was just honest. Um, i seen Dana White advertising online saying uh, he was going to give away two tickets to UFC 258 at the Apex. <laughs> they were going to be the only fans allowed in the whole Apex. Right. So they were going to pay for them to come out, stay and go. And I said, "Let me go enter real quick." So I entered real quick, and I told Katie about it. And she said, "Oh, if you win, uh, you're going to take Sully, right?" And I said, "I don't think I can go somewhere without. I'd be I'd be too scared to go somewhere without her." So, but she was like, "Now you have to take him." So let's see if it comes to fruition. I'm gonna have a hard decision to make. But Katie was like, "Now you got to take him." You gotta, you gotta go with Katie. Y'all gonna enjoy that. I'll be rooting y'all on from a well, distance. But well, what are we supposed to do? We gotta take them cameras and do some fun stuff there.
1: Now you see, now look where you're taking this. <laughs> look where you're taking this conversation. You know what's you know what's bad about this? Somebody's gonna listen to this and be very <laughs> insulted by, by whatever you're alluding at.
0: I I'm don't know what you're, to to I'm I'm just just what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: I don't know what you're talking about, but someone's gonna be insulted
0: by whatever you, whatever you're saying here. Um, but who knows? Maybe I might win those tickets. Wouldn't that be an awesome experience? It would be, but to be for honest, or with not, I just go
1: fuck it. You would be lost, with, um, without Katie.
0: You'd have to take. There'd care.
1: be no way for you to navigate. You'd be lost.
0: I don't know and if it, I could get on a plane.
1: That's yeah, true. I would
0: probably throw a. I I probably. <laughs> cause a scene. I am getting arrested by an air marshal. Oh, definitely. Yes. Meanwhile, definitely. you're like
1: this. I'm grabbing one of the cameras we just brought. I'm catching that in 4K. you put putting on your vlog. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, we will catching that in 4K and I'm uploading to the channel while you're sitting in the, the uh, airport prison. <laughs> and I'm texting Katie like, damn, man, why you did this to me? <laughs> You were supposed to be here to babysit him.
0: Oh man. Uh, this has been a great podcast, man.
1: Guys, I've enjoyed this one a lot.
0: Um, if anybody ever watches this all the way through, which I know people do, and I know you're not going to be able to do it on this podcast because now you're all the way at the end, Mm -hmm. but anybody comments timestamps for me, we would love you forever. Forever. So maybe next week surprise us and comment some timestamps. Um, we got 223 subscribers now. Thank every single one of you. Um, if you enjoy the podcast, make sure to like it. Um, any on. final thoughts, Sully? Yes.
1: I'm begging the subscribers of this channel to apply the pressure. The rear naked choke. The, the Yo Romero elbows to Leota Machida to Katie. And say, you guys want to see Katie on this podcast in some form, some form or shape. It doesn't have to be video. It could be audio only, but we got to get her on it. She's a very competent MMA fan. <laughs> no, honestly, her picks have always been fantastic throughout the year. Which years, we
0: haven't even talked about. We got to do that Which we next have week. never,
1: yeah, which we haven't talked about. And we will get to that next week. Um, And Better than being a competent MMA fan, she's a great person. You guys would love her.
0: <laughs> Dude, isn't it crazy? The last – so anybody who doesn't know, which that you guys don't yep. know, I don't think we talked about it. We For the last two years, we've been keeping track of all the championship title fight picks between me, Sully, another one of my friends, and Katie. And at both years, Katie has been in first place. Yeah. So – um, so supposedly she knows more than us. I, I don't know how last year I was,
1: I was fighting. I was fighting with a tooth and nail, but damn, she's good. She's good. Mm-hmm. Look, personally, I think that she has some sort of algorithm that's helping her out. And it's cause she's so, look, uh, she's been so dead on with these picks and so accurate. It's I really, just,
0: we, we discussed it before. I think it's the lack of emotion.
1: That's true. And the fact like that her opinion doesn't get polluted by uh, the, the, the constant MMA discussion. Media. Yeah, and the constant discussion of from other people. She
0: just kind of licks, watches the fights and like, yeah. okay, I think this guy's going to win.
1: But you guys need to apply the pressure to her. All you have to do is yell her name into the comments <laughs> Just type it in caps for Katie <laughs> and just spam that down there. And with enough pressure, I think Joey will be able to finally get her to come on.
0: By the way, Sully, last thing I wanted to say. That plush heart on the door is absolutely right an, a nice touch. Just a beautiful touch. Yep.
1: Years ago, I got it from some girl that uh, gave it to me as a Valentine's Day gift. You know, and Aww, um, that's so cute. Yo, look, it's fantastic. And look, she's uh, she'll never be. She'll never return. That's cool too. But I'm keeping it for one day uh, when I find the right person. I could re-gift it, and they'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> They'll never, ever know. Until then, it'll just sit on my door, and I'll just save it.
0: Well, on that note, time to end the podcast. Thanks for watching. Like the video. See you next time.